0: Hi everybody, and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. John. Thank you, everyone. Please be seated. Wonderful. Well, we've been running this uh, 360... um, uh, series, which is a 360 degree look at our hearts and lives, to empower us to become effective in the ministry. One of the there are some key aspects of um, uh, things that we are we want to develop in the life of the church. The vision of the church is to um, is to empower a congregation to be effective in ministry. That we are not just. Um, we don't just see ministry as something which happens from the stage. Um, it doesn't, it's not just something that happens on a Sunday, but ministry is something that flows from our heart. It's a culture of expectation. It's faith and belief that God can do something powerful and supernatural through our lives. Um, but that understanding that flows from a perception and understanding of who we are in Christ Jesus. Tonight, um, I'm going to be teaching... Um, on the presence of God. We have a, one of the defining things we said in 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 November in our vision service was that we are a presence culture church. Now we've always been a presence culture church but it's, it's, it's strange that we haven't actually, hadn't actually found a way of verbalising that in a way that people understand and the way that we can pursue. And so what I'm going to do tonight is, it's going to be some teaching, it's going to be, Slightly theological, is that okay? Yeah. Slightly, it's only slightly because I'm teaching it, right? So, <laughs> but I I want to speak about the the um, dwelling place of God, and the there are eight um, there are eight ways in which God revealed him has re, is revealing himself throughout history, um, and through there are eight dispensations of God's presence. Um, according to Scripture, and we are in the, dis- the seventh dispensation, um, and so I I want to show you what the seventh one is because the others are not so important because they've come they've gone right. So um, so I'll just briefly cover those, um, starting from the Garden of Eden, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna come through to I'm gonna come through to the church very I'll just very quickly cover that in about five minutes. Um, and then I want to get on to a, a present um, state of understanding the presence of God. Because when we say we're a presence culture uh, and we believe in the presence of God, if you don't understand the theological, that the scriptural basis for that, you just go, oh, that's a nice experience. Yeah. Yeah. we just, oh, we're just church, we just feel things. <laughs> um, well, we do feel things, right? We do feel his presence. But if we don't understand that his presence is more than just a feeling it's a it's a it's a scriptural foundation of who we are. we can easily be swept along and feel something completely different yeah. Yeah. and just go, well I don't feel his presence anymore I feel the need to eat KFC um, <laughs> <laughs> and my new church is the KFC church and and you, you know people people get swept by different feelings. And I I want us to understand that we are here to know his presence and know the, the importance of his presence so that his power and demonstration of the supernatural power of God is released in the house. I believe that I have been commissioned in this new season of the church to build a house that releases the full power of God, that sees his word and his life absolutely um, manifest and revealed so that we are living in the fullness of the covenant and not just a shadow of it, not just, an, it, just a little bit. I've, of all the years of ministry, I've seen God do supernatural, powerful things. I've seen transformational miracles. I've seen, um, I've seen impossible things happen in front of my eyes. I've seen people get delivered. I've seen people... I was in India once and I... Um, had, there was a, a, a woman who uh, was from the highest caste of um, uh, in and she got saved uh, hin, Hindu caste and she got born again. But she come from a very obscure area of um, the northern tribes um, up in Kashmir and, and um, there they actually still they it was I didn't realize this but they they still practice cannibalism. And um, obviously, secretly, <laughs> I can't imagine it's an approved uh, form of uh, meat. And uh, so, um, <laughs> go down to the butcher. And uh, so, but she, well, while we we're praying for her, she starts manifesting. She's speaking to me in English. I'm going to eat you. And, and um, so we're just, we're just setting this woman free. I had no idea. It was afterwards that the pastor came along and said to us, they practice Cannibalism and I'm like, well, she really was going to eat me. I mean, uh, <laughs> and uh, so so I've seen the supernatural power of God. Now we don't tend to see that kind of possession, that kind that level of trouble in in, in this country because people don't give themselves to that spiritual depth. But what they do give themselves to is a humanism which closes the heart and closes the mind. People still need to be set free. Yeah. Yeah. All right, it's a different kind of spiritual battle. What we have to understand is that we must empower the church to minister in the fullness of God's word. Amen? And that people will be set free and liberated. Physical healing, supernatural words... Words of inspiration, encouragement. We want to build a church first and foremost. The first and foremost most important aspects of spiritual, the supernatural, uh, are not the manifestation gifts. Actually, the most important are the verbal gifts, the gift of tongues and the gift of prophecy because these gifts are the things which build us up. A person's identity is, is, is first built not in the things that they see around them but the things that are spoken to them. And what is spoken to you defines your identity, defines your If you grow up in a home of negativity and, 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 and discouragement, you grow discouraged and unbelieving in your heart. It breaks the internal world uh, that you have and you will end up spending the rest of your life trying to put those pieces back together again. But if you grow in a world where, where the word of God is spoken with encouragement and life and, and encouragement, you begin to grow strong and there you're already... A thousand miles ahead of the person who's broken when you're trying to discover what God has got for your life. And so what, we, uh, what God has called us to do is to speak, is to raise a church where the words of life are flowing out of the congregation and not words of death. Yeah. Yeah. Words of encouragement, words of restoration, words of hope, words of faith, words which speak restoration over circumstances and people's impossible lives, the situations that they can't change. Instead, we are not driven by those Im- impossible situations. We're not grieved by them, but we, be- we begin to turn around and speak out over them and, and, and say, I believe God can do something supernatural. You, you have been called for greater things than these. Amen. Uh, and so that is the, the nature of the reason why we're doing this 360, because it is time to rebuild the house of God on the fundamental principles of of his word and the power that goes with his word. Amen. Um, I've also got a good friend, Clem. Um, from Slovenia. He's agreed to come over. I'm just nailing down dates, but it will probably be, before the, uh, be somewhere around the end of March and he's going to come and do like a, a mini conference with us here in Aberdeen and in Levinas. Uh And uh, Clem has an extraordinary healing outreach ministry. He's very, very... One of the things he does is he teaches the church how to move in the power of God. Uh, and um, he's a... He's an amazing guy, and he's going to come along. Um, He's been a good friend for many years. He was trained by Pastor Ashley uh, back in 1998, and um, seen him do extraordinary things. I um, this morning I I want to speak about the God you see, the God you see. One of the um, one of the things that always from often thinking about. I was I was listening to the radio the other day, and they uh, the, the Avatar movie came up. Um, on discussion. It's funny how things were like hot topics for a while and then no one mentions it. And Avatar is one of those things that was, when it came out, it was like the movie, wasn't it? Everyone had to go and see it. You've got to see it in the cinema. You've got to see it in 3D. Uh, and um, we just saw it on a 32-inch. It, was, it wasn't was quite the same. And uh, uh, <laughs> just lots of blue people walking around. It, so. And uh, the reason why it came up, in fact, was because actually so what happened was that um, there were... Uh, they were revealing, they were talking, but phone in and say something you used to believe, which was just nonsense. For instance, um, one person phoned in and said, It took me um, many years right into my adulthood before I realized it wasn't called a, a handbag, it was called a handbag. And I uh, <laughs> <laughs> just thought it was always a handbag. And it's just things like that. And, and somebody else is sort of the, the one that crowned it was that somebody said, uh, to a friend, they said, I want to go and have a holiday in that place where they filmed Avatar. And, uh, and it took them a long time to convince them that wasn't a place. It was computer graphics. It doesn't exist. <laughs> but in the movie, in the Avatar movie, they, they, the, the local aliens, uh, who are blue for some obscure reason, um, they have this communication a way which is a, a language of a greeting which is actually stolen, I believe, from, um, pr- from Africa um, and African tribes. And, and when they greet, they don't say hello, they say, I see you. Yeah. They greet them and they say, I see you. Now, that's quite a profound statement because what they're saying is they're not saying, I see you, as in, my eyesight's all right still. <laughs> they're saying i understand you i know who you are there's a there's a much deeper connection than hello how are you we have that greeting here don't we we say hello how are you and the answer to that is i'm fine thank you don't think there's any other answer <laughs> than that because we are not we do not want any other reply i'm fine thank you very much that's a good british reply and uh, <laughs> And so we have, but they have this greeting, and it, came, it comes from Africa, and it's, I see you. And, and it, it, it rips into the, into the facades that we build around ourselves, the shells that we have around ourselves that, that says, um, you can only see the outside of me. <laughs> and it's like this, this way of greeting friends. And, and when we greet our friends, we, we do see them, because we don't just see the outside, we see the inside, and I, I want us to understand that our life, one of the most amazing things about our life is that we're always on a journey that is constantly revealing something else about the people that we're close to. Mm-hmm. Cheryl will sometimes say, I mean, it's, it's interesting that for all these years that you would think that I've told all the stories. I mean, most of you have heard all my stories many times, right? But every so often I'll tell a story and Cheryl will go, I've never heard that before, and it's only because something will happen that it clicks a memory of, a re- of something that has never—I've never remembered, haven't remembered it for thirty years—and I'll tell a story that Cheryl hasn't heard before. But also, what will happen is that we will be sort of just living life, doing stuff, and we'll see something in each other that we haven't seen before. And here's the thing about that. When you see something of someone's nature and personality and character that you haven't seen before, it just expands your knowledge of them and not only your knowledge of them, but your relationship with them. It gives you a broader realm of place. And, and the thing about humanity is that we spend our whole lives discovering new things about each other. That this journey of of being married, this journey of, of re- relationships and friendships. One of the most important things I, I want to say is that friendship, friendship in the house of God, relationships, are one of the most important things because there are some things you'll only discover in your friendship when you've been friends for many years. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that whole thing about seeing, how you see each other. Now, here's the thing. I want us to understand that God wants us to see him, he wants us to come to a place, and, and Jesus said, Jesus said, He said to them, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. We, we spend our lives looking for the things that we need, but but the Father, Jesus, is saying, Seek the kingdom or see the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when Philip in John uh, 14, when Philip was um, was uh, talking to Jesus and, and Philip said to Jesus, he goes, show us the Father and it will be sufficient for us. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you don't get that, you don't get anything. If you see Jesus, you see the Father. If you see Jesus's ministry, you see Jesus. If you see the kingdom, the kingdom is the work of the king. Yeah. You with me? Yeah. The kingdom is the work of the king. If you see the kingdom, you see the king. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to understand that it's, it's like miracles and, and the power of God. When you see miracles, Jesus is, is doing, they didn't see Jesus or the father when they saw the miracles because all they're looking at is things they can't explain they're not understanding why the compassion the love the 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 fact that Jesus just healed everyone with, with no judgment as to their past or 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 isn't he they would have had a, a theology and a and a, and a, a philosophy that said well, if, you've done, if you're sick, then you've done something wrong. Your, your parents did something wrong. Someone's really bad in your, in your past, and therefore, you deserve it, right? And, and Jesus is just going, yeah, that's not the kingdom. The kingdom is to reveal the heart of the Father. So, the heart of the Father is revealed in the, in the miracle. So, if I see the miracle, I see the heart, If I see the heart, I see the Father. I'm suddenly getting an understanding of who the Father is. The Father wants to build, restore, deliver. He wants to give you a job on Monday when you pray on Sunday. That's the heart of the Father. I see see a job. We see a miracle. We see the hand of God, the grace of God that just goes, we're just going to make that work for you right there. And... What we see then is the father. This is how we see him because we seek his kingdom. If you seek his kingdom, what he's really saying is seek the kingdom and you will now begin to see a different kind of relationship. Because if all you're doing is seeking the kingdom because oh, I want to seek the kingdom. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is is acts of power. It's getting people saved. You're still missing the point. Still missing the point. The miracles flowed out of Jesus supernaturally. What Jesus wants you to see, you see, he wants you to see through the miracles, the power, the demonstration. He wants you to see his heart yes. so that you are able to see him. Therefore, you're able to see yourself. Yes. Yeah, that's good. And so I, I want to read to you this scripture here. Um, in Romans chapter 4, verse 16, says this. Romans 14, sorry, Romans 14. Don't go to Romans 4. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and proved by men. Now, Paul is speaking to the Roman church, and the Roman church is saying the kingdom of God is about food. It's about the things you do, the things you don't do. It's about, it's about when I grew up, the kingdom of God was about wearing a tie on a Sunday. <laughs> Who remembers that? We used to wear suit and ties here on a Sunday. Who remembers that? You remember that, Phil, don't you? We, we would wear... So we would wear um, Shirt and tie on on a Sunday. uh, And some people would say, yes, absolutely, bring that back. A little bit of discipline. And uh, uh, I actually like wearing a a suit every so often, but it's kind of just... Yeah, anyway, let's move on. So, (laughs) the kingdom of God isn't those things. So, they were saying, it's not... He's saying, it isn't those things. That's not the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God. I I need you to understand, it's not the tradition, the ways of all of those things. This is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy. That's the kingdom. Not everything else. If the kingdom, seek first the kingdom. Okay, I've got to seek the kingdom. What is it I'm seeking? Righteousness, (laughs) peace, joy. Now here is the the essence of these things. The Roman church is struggling because what they're doing is that they're trying to be good Christians, right? They're trying to be good people. Like their faith is struggling over: Do I eat food that's been sacrificed to idols or not? Is it will it give me a demon? Mm-hmm. They're going over this it's like, oh, I don't know. And others are going, "What's the matter with you? Don't even think about it. Don't ask the question. Just eat the food." And others are going, "Oh, you can't. It's bad. It's going to." And and Paul is just going. Look, wherever your faith is at is where your faith is at. Don't cause another person to to stumble by eating and drinking things that will cause them to, to stumble. But your faith is your faith. And what you need to know is none of that stuff is really that relevant. What's relevant is righteousness, peace, joy. That's the kingdom. And now, if righteousness, peace and joy is the kingdom, that then becomes, because we are works mindset, aren't we? we works mindset. Even while I'm preaching and you're thinking, oh, I want to be a better Christian. I'm going to I have the power of God. You're thinking about what you're going to do to get the power of God. You're already thinking about that. If I'm going to be a more faithful Christian, I've got to think about what I'm going to do. I've got to do something, Neil. I've got to, I've got to do something. I've got to be a better Christian. I've got, I've got to do something. What What can I do? And uh, I've, got to, <clears throat> I've got to pray for people if I... I wonder if I can cast that thing out of James. I don't know. I've been praying over a long time. What could I do that would make righteousness, peace and joy? And that is where we stop seeing the king. The king is righteousness, peace, joy. It's not a work. It's a person. The kingdom is a person. It's not a work. You understand me now. So, if I know the kingdom is a person, righteousness, peace, and joy, then I will start to see that the Father is going to build in us this extraordinary gift. See, here's the kicker we, we're left with this paradox the king is righteousness, peace, and joy. We're not. we're not righteousness right we're not we're not righteousness and peace is something we find occasionally (laughs) I remember my mum well after the my brothers and sisters had gone to school and when I was off sick she would be running around trying to get everyone I would have been part of that chaos but When you're ill, you can just stand back and watch it. I remember as a child in primary school age, watching with amazement as mum was running... What do you mean, where your packed lunch? I don't know where your packed lunch has gone. Why haven't you got your shoes on? Where's your coat? And and she's running around trying to get everyone out the door. And there's my dad. He's just got the van keys. He would just wait until mum had (laughs) shipped us all out into the minibus. And and, uh, and so he was just standing. The dad would stand there with his keys waiting to come on then. He would have a cup of tea in his hand, of course, because... You can't go anywhere without a cup of tea. And so he would he'd have his cup of tea and he'd be waiting and then she was trying to get... Everyone would rush out the door and then she would go, oh, and her hair would... She had this flyaway hair and it would just blow it out of her and she would sit at the piano and she would... Like this. And then she'd go... And there would be this moment of peace this is the only peace you ever knew i think it was that moment right there and then it would be like can i have a drink of water please can <laughs> i go back to bed <laughs> you're ill and <laughs> and there would be this see so we're not righteous we we don't understand peace and joy joy the only thing we understand is happiness and happiness is is, is moments of moments of celebration moments of lightness of heart but it's not joy the people suffering from deepest depression, you can, they, they will laugh along with everyone else. They can be moments of happy, but the heart isn't joy. Yeah. God is righteousness, peace, and joy. That's the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so this is the paradox. How, If that seek first the kingdom, how do I seek those things? When internally, whenever I measure myself to those things, I find it fracturing the internal me. It fractures my heart. And here's, here's what happens to all of us. The more we seek the Father, the more we seek the kingdom of God, we seek his presence, so we seek his power, we experience his grace, his supernatural provision, the way he moves on our lives and we're grateful. And yet the pressure of his glory internally fractures us because we are not able to contain his goodness because all it does is reveal our failure. Yeah. Yeah. And I've discovered this. In all these years of pursuing glory. Pursuing his presence. I'm more aware of my fractures now. Than I was when I started. <laughs> Never used to speak about it. Don't speak about that stuff. your faith. <laughs> but I've discovered this. That. The fractures are what God wants to produce. Because these are weak lines in my heart. He wants his kingdom in me. His kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy. I want to show you a couple of photographs. Because being a um, cabinet maker... Let me just hold on to that one first. Right Now how many of you have seen these pictures before? Right, some of them. If you a few people have seen these, right? Now, what these are is um, tabletops made out of potentially rejected pieces of wood filled with resin. Right, and what they've done is they've they've taken that's called a, a wany edge. The the um, it's not someone called Wayne. It's a it's a, it's a waning edge piece of timber. They've placed it on a board and they've filled it with resin and they've made, they've turned what would be a rejected piece of wood. Most of that wood would have to be cut away for it to be usable. You'd run it through a bandsaw, and you would, you would get rid of all that, because for it to be usable in a normal cabinet-making situation, you can only have straight lines. You with me? So most of that has got to be removed. Some of the knots and the timbers in that, while looking very beautiful, cause weak points in times of structure. So you can't use it. You've got to cut that out. What this cabinet maker has done has gone I like that timber. I just want to I want to use the whole I don't want to cut it away. I just want to show how beautiful it is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to fill it with resin. Just show the next one. Let's go to the next table. There's probably as much resin in that as there is table. Yeah. is wood. Almost all of that is fairly useless pieces of wood. You probably couldn't even use it for chipboard, right? There's some timber through the middle of that and you could probably plank some of that, but the rest of it you couldn't use, right? Most of that is resin. You see, God wants you to understand he is the resin that fills in the fractures of your life. He's the... He's not rejecting you. He just needs you to understand that you, if you spend your life trying to be the, the, the timber that can make a whole tabletop, you've got to understand that you're going to fail because there are cracks in your life that just can't hold his glory. His kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy. The resin is his kingdom that makes a rejected piece of timber perfect and beautiful. And now, what was rejected has now become the centerpiece wow. of someone's home. So good. Yeah. That piece, when someone comes out home and comes, come have a look at my table. Mm-hmm. No one else has seen a table like this before. They're all going, wow, isn't that beautiful? That piece of timber, until someone had realized they can fill with resin, would have been no good to anyone. Mm-hmm. Now, it's the centerpiece of beauty. Nice. You've got to understand that it doesn't matter how fractured your life is. God's glory poured on you. His kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Why? Because God just wants his kingdom to fill your life. He is the resin that fills you with righteousness, peace and joy. That's how the kingdom of God works. This is how when he says seek first the kingdom. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul is speaking about his thorn in the flesh. He said, lest... And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's go back to that table. See all those wany edges. That's his weakness. Right there. There's all parts of great. Join is what, under, Tucky would understand this. There's not, a, there's not a lot of timber in there that's like particularly structurally strong, is there? It's, not, it's beautiful to look at, but you wouldn't use it to make a door frame. It's like, or a door or anything else. It's like that is structurally defected. But when I am weak, there's my weakness right there. It's his strength. That's his strength that makes that work. The resin makes it work. When I'm weak, when I've got all these weaknesses, when I die, I am resurrected. When I'm weak, I am strong. Do you understand? This is the kingdom of God. To get the kingdom of God, you've got to understand that We are not here to try and be good people. Goodness flows out of us because he has filled us with his resin. He's placed us in a place where the weakness of our structure is not not just seen, but it's revealed as a centerpiece of God's beauty that he comes along and he goes, look at this weak piece of wood. I'm going to show you what is weak and rejected can be incredibly beautiful when you fill it with resin, when you fill it with the kingdom of God. Start seeing that your life, even in its weakest moments, Lord, I feel like a failure right now. I feel like I've missed it right now. How many of you prayed that, said that? God, I... How many of you experienced that internal... If you haven't yet, you haven't lived enough. (laughs) Keep living, you'll feel it. Because the kingdom of God is to reveal him and he wants to reveal his goodness through you. We are not rejected by the king, but we are filled with his glory. And we become the centerpiece of his beauty. And this is what I need you to understand. Paul's speaking to the church and he's speaking over, over this extraordinary, what is your weakness? He feels, polishes and says, now come and have a look at this. And it becomes the story of our lives. I was broken, but he healed me. That's what it looks like. That's what a broken person healed looks like. Not just someone that's, oh, that's nice. They become the centerpiece for everyone to come and see. I need us to understand that when I see the king, and I see the kingdom, I see the king. And when I see the king, I see his goodness that feels My inadequacy. And I don't have to try and be that adequacy. I don't have to try and be righteousness, peace and joy. That's the job of the resin. That's what the resin does. My responsibility is to lay down and let his resin be poured all over me. To know his presence. To know his glory and his power. How extraordinarily strong is that table. I want to tell you, that table is extraordinarily strong. Yeah. Heat-proof. damage You're not going to... You can't even um, smash it. There's super strong resins. I actually want to set a project. I was going to... Cheryl's brother's an expert on, on just... Well, he's an expert on everything, actually. But <laughs> he's, uh, he, he's very knowledgeable on resins and all sorts of things like that. And I was going to give him a ring and say... Where can I get that stuff? Because I want to give them, I've got loads of old bits of timber. I bet you got loads too, Tucky. You're going to be, yeah, you're, like, you're just like, we can do this. We can. Hey, we can do this, church. Yeah. Yeah. Let's stand up. Thanks for listening.